I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. In anybody else's hands, this is a microphone. In my hands, it's a pipe bomb. I have a dream. What is going on, everyone? And thank you all very much for joining me here live, right here in the 412 area code, right here on the PTP show. Pardon the pipe bomb. Really an exciting week. I don't know if any of you are going to be liking the news that I'm going to be dropping here, but it's going to be a very exciting thing and big things to come for NXT. I, for one, am not very excited for NXT. Going to be airing live on the USA Network when everyone thought that they were going to be going to FS1, but you have... The NXT show going to be airing live on a weekly televised series show on the USA Network. And for that being a two-hour live TV show. And that will be on Wednesday nights. And you all know why that WWE is doing it. And it's because of Vince McMahon's doing. He wants to go head-to-head and clash with AEW. This isn't what Triple H's idea is for the NXT. This is 100% Vince McMahon's doing, and everyone can agree with me on this sort of thing. Vince McMahon, he wants a war, and he is going to be getting a war. Monday Night Raw happened with some new gold for somebody who already has some gold. Sasha Banks looks brilliant in her new role as a top heel in the women's division. And on the SmackDown Live side of things, they had Kofi Kingston finally getting his revenge on Randy Orton. And I, for one, I'm not really a believer in Kofi Kingston's new badass role to try to get back at Randy Orton. Uh, Buddy Murphy, he looks strong again in a win over Daniel Bryan. While we finally get a reveal from Daniel Bryan, who Roman Reigns' attacker was. And it is none other than Rowan's fucking doppelganger. (laughs) Finally, though, both Raw and SmackDown had the first round of the King of the Ring happening. And thank you all very much for joining me here, as I said before. And this is episode number 13 here on the PTP Show. And things are going quite smoothly. And channel is growing, and if you want to subscribe to me, please go right ahead. Hit that subscribe button on the Apple Podcast and Spotify or Google Podcast, Anchor. I don't know how how many platforms that I'm on right now, but it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. So I really thought that um, it was going to be a changing in the weather for the area that I'm living in, but my God, it is so fucking hot out. And I can't believe that, I, that I'm complaining about it. But for me, I love the hot weather. I hate the cold weather. As uh, this podcast will continue going into the fall and the winter of the seasons, uh, you're going to hear me complain about the cold 24-7. But right now, it is damn near hot. I remember when I went up to Erie and went up for my mother's birthday uh, this past weekend. Uh, she turned 60, but she all, she wants everyone knowing that she is 50 and, um, hope, thank God that I got her jeans because hopefully I am looking like her with no wrinkles and actually look like that I'm 50 and not 60, but went up to Erie and, uh, everyone was in the pool and I showed up to my mother's house 
and the family was in the pool. Everyone was having a, a, a good time. Everyone uh, was drinking White Claws and um, having beer and like hot dogs on the grill. Everyone was having a good time. And when I come up to Erie, it's like, I want to say maybe a solid 70, 75 degrees outside. And everyone's in the pool and everyone's saying it's hot. And I'm saying, why are you guys in the pool? They're like, oh, come in. The water's fine. And I said, no, it's way too fucking cold here. Now I'm a true believer. Anyone who moves from the north down to the south, like maybe the south being Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, Carolina, it makes you acclimated to the weather. And I got acclimated to Pittsburgh's weather and... I know Pittsburgh and Erie, if you guys aren't familiar, Pittsburgh and Erie is only a two-hour trip, but holy shit, the difference between the weather is astounding to me, and when it's 90 degrees down here, which is, which, that's what it is today, uh, it's hot right now for me, and this is perfect weather to go in the pool or even just lay out, and when I was in Erie, 75 degrees, everyone's in the water, I was like, nah, fam, I'm good. It's way too cold for this shit. <laughs> but enough on that. Let's get down to brass knuckles because FS1 has got to be pissed at WWE for having NXT going to the USA Network for that being their weekly televised series show for that being two hours long. Think about this though, guys. FS1... Or, no, I'm sorry, Fox, who was affiliated with FS1. Fox paid WWE $1 billion. And for them not to have NXT and for the rumors that has been spreading around for almost a year now, saying NXT is going to be going to FS1, looks like that's not even happening. Vince McMahon is fully on this, and it's been speculated that Vince McMahon wants to be more involved into NXT, and I think he's going to get his wish. NXT is probably going to be facing off in a Wednesday night war between AEW and NXT. Well, NXT being NXT, but you, you guys get what I'm saying. Fuck it. And with this being a weekly televised series show, me, personally, I'm not a fan. And for me, this is the worst thing is going to be coming for NXT. The one thing that has made NXT so damn special, and I can vouch for this, my buddy Cal, who drops the pipe bomb segment every now and then, he was the one who showed me NXT. And because he knows that I'm a, um, you know not a casual WWE fan, I enjoy the art of wrestling, and he told me about it, and I was like, okay, I'll watch. The very first show, I was hooked, and I knew that this was vastly different from what I've seen on the WWE product at hand, and with them going to be a two-hour show, they're going to be a separate brand. They're going to be... Kind of like how it was when Raw, SmackDown, and ECW were uh, way back then. But we all know uh, the reborn of ECW was a complete failure and was not the ECW that any of us had remembered it to be. And 
with them going to be their own brand, Vince McMahon, he's going to be having his hand in the pot, hand in the jar, however you want to call it, but he's going to be having uh, strings uh, for him to have to be involved with NXT. And Vince has got his wish. He's going to be more involved with NXT, and now he's also getting his wish to having the Wednesday Night War between AEW now. And that means... Vince will be involved, and fucking Kevin Dunn, he will be involved as well. The reason why I'm not happy with this is because the talent that comes up from NXT to the main roster. Great example. EC3 hasn't done shit. The War Raiders haven't done shit. Lars Sullivan hasn't done shit. Well, due to his injuries... He really hasn't done shit. Uh, Who else? Shinsuke Nakamura hasn't done shit. I completely forgot that he had the Intercontinental Championship title on him. Finn Balor. The Demon Balor is dead. And that is all probably from Vince McMahon's doing himself. And Finn Balor was a great thing in NXT with the Demon King. They played it perfectly. But now Finn Balor is nothing more than a fucking underwear model. Who else do we have here? Um, Oh my god. Uh, the one tag team. Uh, oh yeah, AOP. But we all know that uh, tag teams uh, don't really survive in the in the WWE. So I guess squash that idea. Uh, who else? Uh, yeah, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. He hasn't done shit on the main roster since moving up to NXT. And yes, he's had injury shit happen to him, but nothing really has happened to his character, and his character hasn't evolved on the main roster. The only other character that I can think of is Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens from NXT to WWE is the only successful story that has happened as of right now. Another one is Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, he hasn't done shit either. He is a boring heel, and his character needs a dramatic boost, and maybe for the King of the Ring, maybe that could happen for him. But what I'm trying to get at is everybody who comes up from NXT to the WWE roster fails. Why is that? Because Vince McMahon tries to change the character, and he puts his hand on the character's development and doesn't let them be created and doesn't let them evolve into their own superstar. So with Vince McMahon being involved is bad news for NXT lovers such as myself. And I'm going to be going back to, like, just not even the characters and superstars. I'm going back to the entrances, too. Ricochet's entrance is gimmicky as fuck and feels childish with the pew pew, with the pistols. Aleister Black's entrance, too, with the creaking sound effects. That's fucking gay. EC3. He doesn't really have anything changing on his uh, entrance, but his enthusiasm definitely has changed. Um, Who else? Oh, yeah, now Elias. Elias has new music that happened uh, uh, this past um, uh, Tuesday night, which was last night. Entrances, the storylines, even the commentators on the uh, like outside on the ring. It feels forced. Even the commentators on WWE feel forced. I'm not a big Michael Cole fan, but, and I'm not a big uh, Corey Graves fan or Renee Young because they just get fed lines and it doesn't feel organic. Down in NXT with Ronaldo, the Mamma Mia, 
He just sounds so great. And he just does what he does best and just makes a storyline and sells any match when we're watching it at home. And Nigel, whatever his name is, he's great too. And there's just a huge difference when you watch an NXT show and a WWE show. It just feels organic. Triple H lets them do their own thing. Obviously, he gives them bullet points, but he just lets them do their own thing. And if this is going to be happening for NXT, it's a great thing happening for NXT. Uh, It's Triple H's baby, and it's just evolving, which is great news. My only fear is don't change what is not broken. Do not change the commentary. Do not change the entrances. Do not change the storylines. Just let it be for what it is and just put it on TV. Now, other people are upset that it's being moved on to uh, national television and not on WWE Network. I guarantee there's going to be a dramatic drop of people that are going to be discontinuing their subscription and unsubscribing to the WWE Network. Mark my words, that will happen. They will see a huge drop-off. Because right now, with the WWE Network updated that I reported on this podcast, when it updated, it, it like me, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of the update at all. But all I'm saying, do not change what is not broken. And with Kevin Dunn going to be probably involved into NXT, do not change a fucking thing. Now, I might be jumping the gun here. I might be scared. And I might be jumping over the barricade, if you will, and jumping to conclusions as to why I'm not happy. And maybe I could see the bad things are to come for NXT going to be on live television. But I can't help but think about how WWE has been the past two, even three years. They've been horrible. And you know the saying, you are who you hang out with? I don't want that happening to NXT with WWE. It's just so much better at creating storylines. That's what NXT does. And they just do it so organically. Now, where it was only an hour TV show, now it's going to be a two-hour TV show. How are the people working at NXT, how are they going to be transitioning this into them having a, like, having a one hour storyline and having it ready like for like two or three weeks now having it done every single week and that being a two hour storyline now if you're not familiar NXT they are a I believe a three hour show but in that three hour show they have three shows total with three with one hour each and it goes on for like for the first hour of the three hour show, that's week one of the uh, of the NXT show. The second hour show, uh, that's the second week show, and then the third hour show, that's the third week show, and that's pretty self explanatory from there. And them doing that to going to a two hour weekly show, I'm just very curious on how the creative team for NXT intertwines with Kevin Dunn's creative team, and. Like I said, I could be jumping the gun here, but 
it might be completely chaotic for NXT and it might show in the storytelling and the uh, creative side of it. And that's the one thing that I fear the most as well. And how are they going to be, how is the NXT team going to be with Vince McMahon and how he just rips up stories 30 minutes before the show? I mean, I'm just wondering how things like that are going to be taking place. And NXT is a place where all new superstars come to and the superstars can develop. Now, they're going to be a show that's going to be competing with Raw, SmackDown, but mostly just AEW. And I'm just, I can't stress this enough that if Vince McMahon is going to be fully in it, NXT will die. And I hate to say it, but from what we've seen the past two and three years, if that goes on to the NXT show, NXT will die. I might be jumping the gun, like I said, but honestly, I am not excited for this whatsoever. I absolutely hate this move. I like it for what it is on the WWE Network. I solely have the NF have the WWE Network for NXT. Now all the network for me is worth is a few documentaries and a few pay-per-views. Obviously, I'm going to be watching all the pay-per-views so I can have my podcast up and running. But besides that, nothing. And obviously, I look back at some of the matches. Like when it's Royal Rumble season, I will go back and I will watch all, the, all of the Royal Rumbles. Same with Money in the Bank. I will go back and watch all the Money in the Bank pay-per-views. It's just what I do. Same with with WrestleMania. I always watch WrestleMania 25. That is by far one of my favorite WrestleMania. Same with WrestleMania 20. That that's just solely because I that's when I started getting into the wrestling business. And with the WWE Network not having NXT on there, I really wonder how many people are going to be unsubscribing to the WWE Network. Done talking about NXT and their new alliance with um, the USA Network and FS1, but I love NXT, and I just don't want it to be ruined, and I'm going to continue saying this. If it's not broken, don't fix it. It's definitely going to show which superstars on on NXT who is going to be ready for the big time show and having them going out and doing it live and not having it pre-taped. It's definitely going to show who is the real superstar and who is ready for the live action type of talent. And if you suck, bye-bye. <laughs> You're gone. Enough, enough. I'm done talking about NXT. King of the Ring happened, and I want to talk about this for a second. The King of the Ring with Stone Cold Steve Austin changed my life with on looking how important King of the Ring is and felt almost as important as, dare I say, the Royal Rumble. And it was just different. The whole pay-per-view of the King of the Ring pay-per-view felt different. It felt great. And we move forward to have King Booker win it for the first time in, in a couple years. And his gimmick was a game changer. 
And of course, other superstars have done it, like I said on my previous podcast, but with King Booker, it was a ratings grabber and it was cheap heat, but Booker T made it happen and he played it out great. Now, other superstars like Sheamus, Wade Barrett, they tried it, didn't work for them. And I just hope that when the King of the Ring happens, I pray to the wrestling gods that we won't get a cheap heat of a King gimmick. Now, with that being said, I would like to think that WWE will have in mind whoever wins the King of the Ring will get a number one contendership match or something beyond those lines and not just a simple King gimmick. But hey, knowing WWE, I won't be surprised if they give the winner just a crown and a cape to say, like, I I can honestly hear Vince McMahon just... All right, kid, now crown to your character and, you know, add the crown and the cape. That's good shit, man. That's what your character needed. I'm a genius. No, 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 Vince, you're not a genius. You are senile and you are in fucking denial. Now, I'm going to be going over uh, the King of the Ring later on. I'm going to be giving my predictions actually and kind of give you my bracket my bracket is 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 already kind of fucked because I had Kevin Owens going but he obviously lost to Elias and I knew that I should have picked Elias because obviously Elias and Shane McMahon were going to be involved somehow I called it and of course they were now we jump into Monday Night Raw Monday Night Raw was actually a nice pleasant surprise I enjoyed Monday Night Raw I thought um, they had great moments, and I thought it was basically a B show. It was a B show. I liked it, and the opening kind of was a little gay. I didn't really care for Roman Reigns. Um, he opened up with Monday Night Raw with Dolph Ziggler coming out to speak his mind, and it should have been sweet chin music, and that's how the match started, and with this type of match, it looks like it, with with Dolph Ziggler, he can put on a great match. I'm not saying that he is get off my TV type of shit, but his character, I'm starting to kind of like it. And I kind of just wish that they would use Dolph Ziggler differently. Dolph Ziggler's character is beyond repair. Uh, he should be away for six months and come back as something new, something fresh, rather than him keep doing what he is doing. But Dolph Ziggler, in this case, his character is a complete loser. And starting this matchup, everyone knew that uh, Roman Reigns was going to be winning this match. And But in fun-do fashion, <laughs> I just made that up, Dolph Ziggler can sell anything in a match. And with Dolph Ziggler and Roman Reigns, this was a great match. And obviously, Roman Reigns, he won it. And it's just a shame that Dolph Ziggler is such a loser in WWE. And he's being portrayed to be such a loser when really he's probably the most talented superstar on that roster. Now, speaking of a superstar that is um, great in the ring, uh, Seth Rollins. (laughs) Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman of all people, who had a United States Championship match against AJ Styles earlier in the night on Monday night, 
got screwed, and now he's in a tag team championship match between Seth Ro- between the OC of Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman are set to battle with the tag team champions of the OC. And when the match came to an end, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman become new Raw Tag Team Champions. This just looks absolutely stupid. This is poor booking, lazy booking, and just doesn't do the tag team division any favors. They could have gave the tag team champions to somebody else that was relevant. AOP, heavy machinery, and with the wild card rule, whatever. I guess that's still in effect right now. Don't know why. Um, they could have gave it to someone else. And better off, just keep it on the OC. And I thought personally this was completely stupid. But this whole thing between them is just to further the storyline of two single guys winning a tag team championship match and have somebody turn on someone for the big title as the universal champion. Now, I want to go back to, (coughs) I think it was WrestleMania 23, WrestleMania 24. Uh, That was between Shawn Michaels and... John Cena for the WWE Championship, the Spinaroonie Championship. And I remember when Shawn Michaels and John Cena, they were, they had, I, like, I, I, I want to say two to three weeks they were in tag team matches and they were pretty good, good chemistry. And they got offered a tag, a world tag team championship match and they won. And when they won, Shawn Michaels super kicked or sweet chin music uh, John Cena and which led to a huge uh, WrestleMania match for the WWE champion and while that was pretty good because that was HBK Shawn Michaels the best performer this um, storyline between Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins is like I said, lazy, and they could have done so much better with this. If they wanted to have Braun Strowman in a championship match between him and Seth Rollins, they could have done something better and not involved the Raw Tag Team Champions. So I got to ask them, what's the point? What's the point if someone is going to turn on somebody? Most likely, it's going to be Braun Strowman turning on Seth Rollins. That's inevitable. And for the tag team titles to be on them, they could have just kept it on Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson and still make the Raw tag team titles relevant. But of course, WWE doesn't want to do that. They want to push for Seth Rollins and make them the top cool guy and have him have Sethy two belts. (laughs) Whatever the fuck that means. Those see were actually becoming relevant, if you want me to be quite honest with you. And now you're just going to take away their momentum for fucking Braun and Seth? Those see, if WWE is big on merchandise, those see, I guarantee, has better merchandise than everybody besides Bray Wyatt. And with this happening, it's stupid, it's cheap heat, or no, not cheap heat, it's just a cheap pop. Fucking ridiculous. I'm moving on from that. 
Sasha Banks, though, she looks like a true fucking heel. And that right there, that is exactly what Monday Night Raw women's division needed. And holy shit. Wow. She is fucking phenomenal. And she's absolutely gorgeous. She is my all-time favorite superstar. Not just because of her looks, but because just everything else. Sure, she has like some botches, but hey, every superstar has some botches. Whatever. The fact that Sasha Banks attacked Natty on Monday Night Raw, and she said these words to her. Go to hell, Natty, and tell your father I said hi. Whew, I got chills. I was like, yo. <laughs> I couldn't believe she said that. She, she had to have gotten permission from Natty to say something beyond those lines, because it's only been a year that Natalia's father had passed. But if Natty was okay with Sasha Banks saying it, kudos to her for letting Sasha Banks say it. And calm down, people. I've, saw, I've seen people on Twitter come at Sasha Banks for it, saying, what the hell is her problem? Like, her father died. People, this is a show. Sasha Banks obviously doesn't mean this statement by any means necessary, but for the storyline's sake of it, for Sasha Banks, this was awesome. So, get your balls out of your panties, okay? And she is digging herself in the roots of NXT back when she even made that little girl cry when her and Bailey were having that glorious match. Saw that on um, on Twitter, so I thought that was definitely relevant. And but with Sasha Banks saying this is brilliant, Sasha and Becky will happen soon. Don't know when it'll happen, but uh, Becky Lynch she did a promo of herself um, saying that you're relevant because of me, and you were crying on the sidelines after WrestleMania. So that match will soon happen. And I don't really want it to happen now. I kind of want Sasha Banks and Natalia fighting for each other for a little bit. But obviously, that's not, that's not going to happen. Uh, I mean, Becky Lynch, she doesn't really interest me anymore. Uh, whatever WWE is doing, whatever they are doing with her, it's just not working for me. So, Sasha Banks, she needs, um, if she wins that title, WWE has done a great job with telling the story of Sasha and Becky, but if not, try to prolong this and try to have uh, the storyline go into all the way to Survivor Series and have um, Sasha Banks defeat Becky Lynch. Well, actually, Survivor Series is always Raw versus SmackDown, but with this wildcard rule, don't know what the fuck is going to happen then. (laughs) The next thing that didn't uh, interest me, but I have to tell it on here, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio, he uh, almost retired. She was with uh, Charlie Caruso in the back, which she looks phenomenal too. Go follow her on fucking Instagram or Twitter, whatever that you have. Phenomenal. She's in tremendous shape, and um, I love the. Uh, I always love um, a fit body on a woman. <laughs> I'm moving on. Uh, Rey Mysterio, though, he almost re- retired. In a segment, uh, usually when people retire, they go in the ring and they get acknowledged by fans. So obviously, I knew he w- he wasn't going to retire. Something was going to happen. I thought someone was going to uh, attack him. I thought Andrade was. 
but we got the next the next best thing happened. Dominic, he came to stop his father of retiring. They were crying, they were sobbing, uh, like kissing each other's cheeks. I don't know why, but I never was a huge Rey Mysterio fan. Back when I was a kid, me and my one friend, uh, his name was Adam, and I was always a huge Goldberg fan, um, and he was a huge Rey Mysterio fan. And we would always, uh, on uh, SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain um, uh, video game, we would always do tag team matches and get that shit going. But he was always a huge Rey Mysterio fan. Even then, with my friends liking Rey Mysterio, I just couldn't get on board with liking Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I enjoyed the whole thing with him win- winning the Royal Rumble in 61 minutes and winning the uh, WWE Champion or the World Heavyweight Championship match at WrestleMania 22 with Randy Orton and Kurt Angle. That was a good storyline, good uh, take on uh, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, but I'm sorry, but I can't get on board with being a fan of Rey Mysterio. And this whole segment felt absolutely forced. And having Rey some... When he came out, Dominic, out of nowhere... I mean, he's been on a hiatus of WWE for like a little bit and saying, no, you're not retiring. You told me my first match was going to be with you. And I want to tell my grandkids that it was with the great Rey Mysterio. The hugging and kissing and crying, it just was cringeworthy. I don't like that. The whole like feeling good, feeling forced. Obviously, it's a storyline. It's just, no, stop. This is what makes me not want to say to people that I'm a WWE fan. And I I don't know. Honestly, I don't care about this at all. I really, really hope that Dominic actually turns on Rey Mysterio and becomes partners with like Andrade for all, for all that I care. The whole thing with Rey just needs to end, needs to go away, needs to take off the mask, needs to retire. I respect at what he's done with the company and WWE, but... It's time to go. Oh, what was that? Um, Facebook. It's time to go. And he should just retire. Hopefully, uh, his son's first match with him is his last match and kind of says, all right, kid, run with it. <laughs> so that's my take on the Ray Mysterio part of it. And now uh, with... Something that was great on Monday Night Raw, which I really enjoyed. Bray Wyatt, of course. The Fiend. He took out another Hall of Famer. Looked phenomenal. And plus, Jerry the King Lawler, he was getting annoying. And I think uh, Bray Wyatt was speaking for us all to uh, Jerry shut the fuck up about the King of the Ring and how important it is. If it was important, it would have been an every year event and not just magically reappear out of nowhere. <laughs> I thought this was a very well done um, uh, Bray Wyatt segment. um, Like Bray Wyatt is just knocking everything out of the park. Uh, And so did Jerry Lawler. Uh, Jerry Lawler, he sold uh, the Mandible Claw. uh, But before he got the Mandible Claw, um, even his playing up to uh, Bray Wyatt's thing, like, you know, when Bray Wyatt's music or no, uh, no, not his music, but when the lights turn off and the power is um, uh, shutting down. Jerry Lawler, uh, he brought some um, some uh, uh, logic to it, 
And he said, like, he was just saying, oh, no, 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 no. I've seen this before. And he's getting out of the ring and basically doing what all of us would do, just giving logic back to the segment. And I can fucking really appreciate it. And as humans, we either fight or flight. (laughs) And Jerry the King Lawler, he was flighting and he was uh, getting the fuck out of there. (laughs) And Bray Wyatt doing what he's doing now is just perfect and what he's doing is a nice slow and steady build and keep in mind um this is what is making the fiend so interesting and that's what wwe is wanting to do with it and they're doing it right thank god for that we don't get like any slow builds in wwe anymore This generation of WWE and the fans, me included, we want everything now. But back when I used to watch it, everything was being planted and a slow build. And that's what makes everything so great. Bray Wyatt, he doesn't need a title on him right now. The destiny for The Fiend, not Bray Wyatt, the destiny for The Fiend is, in my opinion, to retire The Undertaker at WrestleMania. I called it when The Fiend made his debut... At SummerSlam, I'm sticking to it. I think Bray Wyatt, he's going to be in a um, feud with The Undertaker. And I think uh, if they want to keep a slow build for Bray Wyatt's Fiend character, he needs to uh, pass the torch, as it were, to The Undertaker. Or no, The Undertaker needs to pass the t- pass the torch to the fiend Bray Wyatt. And they need to treat Bray as a special part of the show and keep him credible until they get a title on him so they need to figure out a way to try to keep him relevant and keep him special uh, because I guarantee he's not going to have a title on him uh, until maybe a couple months down the road or sometime after Wrestlemania so they need to try to keep him credible until then until they get a title on him and I think having him face The Undertaker at Wrestlemania is a great way to do it and the first round of King of the Ring happened and Actually, I'm not even going to go into that. I'll, I'll go in, like, into that at, later on in the show before I break some news. Uh, but what else happened on Monday Night Raw? Obviously, I really did, like don't care about this fucking WWE product. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had uh, the New Day versus the Revival. I watched a, a little bit of, of this match. Uh, the New Day and Revival, they fought and it was an enjoyable match to watch. And with Kofi Kingston coming out and with uh, Randy Orton's alliance with the Revival, I can get behind on the alliance of uh, FTRKO. Hashtag FTRKO. I guess that's what they're calling it now. Said it on SmackDown. Hashtag FTRKO. Fuck the Randy something Orton. (laughs) But... With Randy Orton coming in and uh, being involved in this match, the New Day, they won this match with uh, uh, the Revival. God damn it, shut up. With the Revival winning um, uh, this type of match. And I really uh, enjoy that Randy Orton is going to be aligned with um, Randy Orton. Or I am really enjoying that the Revival is going to be joined by Randy Orton. I think that his character can really elevate uh, the Revival team, and I think that some 
relevance to their characters can be evolved with Randy Orton being a part of them. And hopefully uh, they can have a joined faction with that because like Randy Orton with uh, the... Um, uh, the the legions uh, and him being a part of evolution, uh, it's it reeks of awesomeness. So I think that is a good doing on WWE's part for having Randy Orton be a part of the revival. Now, uh, like that's pretty much with Monday Night Raw. Uh, I don't think anything else happened on Monday Night Raw. I'm just gonna double check. I mean. That's the one good and bad thing about having Hulu as your top thing with having uh, <laughs> having a real job and working and then watching Monday Night Raw the day after. They don't show everything, but whatever. Yeah, no, that's pretty much it on the Raw side of things. But now with SmackDown, Randy Orton, he gets attacked by a non-believer Kofi Kingston's Trouble in Paradise and I know I'm not a Kofi Kingston hater I just I'm just not a believer in Kofi Kingston's uh, Trouble in Paradise I think uh, his um, other signature move is more believable than uh, Trouble in Paradise it's just a glorified uh, Insegura in my personal opinion but yeah you had Randy Orton uh, out on the stage calling uh, Kofi Kingston stupid and Kofi Kingston comes out and he attacks him and the revival they come save the day for Randy Orton and which shows that the alliance of them of hashtag FTRKO is in full effect and I can enjoy it and I'm here for it <laughs> couple more points with Smackdown though uh Shinsuke Nakamura has a new manager, and which is a brilliant idea uh, for a manager, but I uh, I don't really like his manager uh, person, and his uh, new manager is Sami Zayn. Honestly, as much as I am intrigued by this, by this whole idea to have Sami Zayn as his new manager, but to have the type of talent just sitting on the shelf collecting dust is a fucking disgrace to Sami Zayn and to this fucking Intercontinental Championship title. WWE went through big strides, right, to make uh, the Intercontinental Championship relevant again. And like I said in the beginning of this podcast, I totally forgot that Shinsuke Nakamura was the Intercontinental Championship holder. The title is totally irrelevant again. Great job, WWE. Now, with Sami Zayn becoming uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's manager, I want to like it. I do want to like it. But I just don't care. Because to have Sami Zayn, as great as he is on the microphone, maybe he can elevate uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Don't know, but... It's such a shame that somebody as talented as Sami Zayn is just in his position. It's just, it's horrible. I feel totally bad for him. Before uh, Sami Zayn turned heel, though, he was a huge babyface. And having him to be with Shinsuke Nakamura brings up a huge history between them two. They had a great NXT showing, and for them to have that type of match that they did in NXT and now with Sami Zayn being a manager for Shinsuke Nakamura maybe 
it's for the best. Don't know. And maybe in the long run, maybe Sami Zayn will turn heel on Shinsuke Nakamura, and then maybe that's how they will make Sami Zayn relevant again. But we all know that Sami Zayn is the um, Paul Heyman or Vince McMahon voice in the back, just kind of telling all of us to piss off. And while um, Sami Zayn has cut strong promos, it just it doesn't perform in the ring. So maybe this is what WWE is doing is um, to make him as the manager for Shinsuke Nakamura. And Shinsuke Nakamura, he does need a manager. He's had he's been wanting to have a manager for years, and Shinsuke is better at letting someone know in the ring how he feels rather than on the microphone. So. This could be good, this could be bad, but we'll just have to wait and see how uh, the long-term things happen for Sami Zayn. Perhaps uh, this could work out for Sami Zayn and he will turn heel, or he'll turn babyface on Shinsuke or turn heel, whichever way you, that you want to look at it. But hopefully this can, uh, you know, turn things better for uh, before they turn uh, for the worst. And Buddy Murphy, though, Buddy Murphy, again, he looks absolutely sensational. Buddy Murphy, uh, before the match uh, between him and Daniel Bryan started, Buddy Murphy spoke to Roman Reigns backstage and stated that he may have seen Rowan during the accident, but he wasn't sure. This frustrated Daniel Bryan, who attacked the, uh, uh, who attacked Buddy Murphy uh, like during their match. However, the best-kept secret held on... And managed to connect with the Murphy's Law for the win. And this match was absolutely spectacular. And this was defining a victory for Buddy Murphy as a huge victory towards Daniel Bryan. So the fact that Daniel Bryan let Buddy Murphy win just shows you how much of a great superstar and a humble superstar that Daniel Bryan is. And we all really don't appreciate that. His time in 205 Live, though, should have instantly led to a big push. And he did have the Cruiserweight Championship title, but only for a short period of time. Uh, if you want to call six months a short period of time. And WWE has certainly noticed his work since he has been uh, in the spotlight now. Uh, he's definitely getting a big push. Um, defeating um, Daniel Bryan is a huge step in the right direction for Buddy Murphy. And this comes off as a huge victory. And now with this victory, though, guaranteed that Buddy Murphy will definitely be in the finals for the King of the Ring. And looks like that Buddy Murphy is, in fact, going to be getting a big push. While Murphy may not have been able to top his performance last week against Roman Reigns, he made an even bigger statement this week on Tuesday Night SmackDown. He announced to the world that he is worthy of recognition and among the absolute best. And it will be interesting to see how this builds up to the King of the Ring, like I said, with Murphy and Ali. But I personally think that Buddy Murphy is going to be going into the finals after seeing this type of match that happened. And final thing, and I'll go into the breaking news part of it, and which I'm excited for because I'm going to be talking about XFL. So stay tuned for that. Um, the King of the Ring between, uh, well, I'll, I'll say the, of the two matches, the one match that I really enjoyed was Andrade, Cien Almas, and Cedric Alexander. This match, these are the type of matches that I want to see for the King of the Ring. 
the type of the matches that let these superstars do their art and do their work. Every single King of the Ring match that has happened so far, besides Kevin Owens and Elias, has been nothing but short of of awesomeness. And with Andrade and Cedric, Cedric Alexander, Andrade, he looks strong. Zelina Vey looked absolutely spectacular, uh, being the manager that she is and helping uh, secure a win for Andrade, and which was the right move. And I mean, all of you like Cedric Alexander, but for some reason, I can't get behind Cedric Alexander. Something about him. Don't know what it is. I just don't uh, see any, um, any, um, um, wait, what's the word? Uh, shit. Any relevance for Cedric Alexander. But regardless of um, of this type of match and how it was outcomed, uh, both men needed to come out looking strong in this tournament and both of them did even though Cedric Cedric Alexander uh, lost or oh my god I've been saying Cedric Alexander the whole time Apollo Crews oh my fucking god (laughs) Apollo Crews he looked good and um like regardless that he lost um I think that even though he lost it was a strong performance for both of the superstars. And there is no excuse for Andrade leaving um, 2019 without any gold or even the King of the Ring championship crown. So that's how I feel on that. Now, with the match of the night, well, not match of the night, just the main event, uh, Kevin Owens uh, gets screwed by Shane O'Mac. Throughout the whole night, I was really confused on where they were going with this. Um, it's like that WWE wa- uh, like was turning the page on Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens and going their way and having Kevin Owens do his own storyline and write off Shane McMahon off of TV. But the whole night, uh, WWE um, was fooling us. And while the match was going on between Kevin Owens and um, Elias... It was boring. I didn't care for it. And sorry, I'm I'm like my phone's getting blown up here. I don't know why. Uh, if, if if you can hear the vibration, yeah. So that's why uh, I'm losing my train of thought. And Kevin Owens again implored Shane McMahon to reconsider the hundred thousand dollar fine throughout the whole night. And Shane McMahon said, you know, I'll take it in consideration. While the match started though between Kevin Owens and Elias, it was not fun. And all of a sudden you hear Shane McMahon's music hit. Boring. Cringeworthy. <laughs> and Shane O'Mac was on uh the sidelines and outside the ring just sitting watching the match. And finally we all knew it was gonna happen. Uh Shane McMahon got involved and in the earlier in the night, he said, if you touch an official again, I will have to fine you 100% of the $100,000. And so while Shane McMahon was sitting on the sideline, he took off his shirt and he was, in fact, the referee. Elias then rolled him up for a pin for a quick one, two, three count. And that was the match. Elias advances into the King of the Ring match. And I thought that was a bullshit ending. The last 10 minutes of SmackDown Live was horrible. And obviously, the uh, feud between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon is far from over. Now, after when um, uh, the match was over, Daniel Bryan and uh, Eric Rowan uh, had the uh, person that has been attacking Roman Reigns. So, 
they had him in a room in an, an interrogation room and they had Roman Reigns come in there and Daniel Bryan's all like are you ready to, like, to see who has been attacking you Daniel Bryan waited until the end of the night to reveal who has been attacking Roman Reigns and he took off the mask and it was literally either Eric Rowan's dad or Eric Rowan's doppelganger and it looked like an older version of Eric Rowan. The fact that WWE pulled this off, they pulled a huge meme. They pulled, they just, WWE LOL'd at us. And they made us watch the whole fucking horrible C-minus show of SmackDown Live this week. And the only reason why I watched SmackDown Live was because... I wanted to see who the person was that was attacking Roman Reigns. Because right now, by far, this is probably the better storyline that's happening in WWE. And I'm starting to kind of like it. I'm getting invested into it. This is what WWE needs to do. But with this happening, I just... I get what WWE is doing since it's Eric Roman's doppelganger. It's basically... That's not... Roman Reigns person that's been attacking him obviously it's someone else not saying that it's Eric Rowan but obviously that's what WWE is portraying here and that's what the storyline is telling us you got to be a complete idiot if you don't understand what they are trying to do here no one is going to be impressed or shocked when the heels turn on Roman Reigns that being Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan no one is going to take any of it seriously, but the fact that the storyline is still going on and Brian and Roman Reigns are going to be, in fact, in a match here very, very soon. Don't know if it'll happen at Clash of Champions, but it will happen soon. Yet, it won't mean as much now uh, the former WWE champion has carted out a fake Eric Rowan to throw off of um, for Roman Reigns and still kind of... Um, add fuel to the fire for this uh for this rival luckily one man has benefited like from this and that is um, a roman reigns and he is becoming relevant and i'm starting to get invested in, into his character so wwe is doing a good job with that but i wasn't expecting that type of um of reaction my opinion is don't say who attacked Roman Reigns I would have just left it alone I would have kept it uh kept people guessing and not just oh here's your here's the imposter or whatever I don't know that's uh my review on Raw and Smackdown and the breaking news of NXT going to USA Network but I have a couple more news that broke the internet as I was actually uh doing this podcast that's why my phone uh, was going off i got some big xfl news uh kalisto threatening um his uh free agency and a lot of uh king of the ring matters and i will actually before i will go into the news i'm gonna actually tell you my predictions for king of the ring actually no no let's hit that news this is breaking news from cnn or fox or whatever fuck you <laughs> I really hope that that was <laughs> I really hope that my podcast doesn't get whatever like copyrighted issues but oh my god I had to do it I had to do it 
or say it or whatever fuck you <laughs> if you guys don't know south park that's fucking iconic i had to um put that in here <laughs> oh my god okay couple things uh, i'm gonna go over the news and i'll give you my predictions for king of the ring um so kalisto has been the talk of wwe and uh, his uh, ongoing Twitter stuff that's been going on, he tweeted something about uh, 10 more months and free agent. And <laughs> Braun Strowman then uh, tweeted at him, hashtag adios, which I thought was hysterical. I'm not a big Kalisto fan. I'm not a big uh, uh, a Lucha Underdor um, type of fan. I don't know. I don't really like any of those type of superstars. Um, but when he tweeted that Kalisto, he then deletes it. So obviously WWE took it and obviously Kalisto uh, is in some sort of trouble, but looks like Kalisto's WWE run is going to be ending very soon and probably will join uh, either uh, a Lucha House Party or Lucha Underdoor or most likely AEW. Looks like uh, the Intercontinental Championship title picture isn't going to be involving uh, Mustafa Ali anymore. I remember a couple weeks ago, they had um, Mustafa Ali and Shinsuke stare down one each other, and I was um, invested into that, and now I guess that's going to be no more. Um, somebody tweeted at uh, Mustafa Ali saying, uh, after when Shinsuke Nakamura attacked uh, The Miz, and saying, what, are you not a part of uh, the Intercontinental Championship title anymore? And Mustafa Ali responded, yes. So it looks like he's not going to be a part of that anymore. According to Brad Shepard, uh, source in WWE, Vince McMahon wasn't at Raw or SmackDown while he had a meeting, and that meeting was all day Monday and sometime during Tuesday. And in that meeting, he had informed the XFL people that he will step away from WWE for a short period of time, depending on how the shows go, being Raw and SmackDown and now NXT. Depending on how NXT... And the Fox Moves goes, if all three shows are steady by the time the XFL launches, he will step back and focus on the league. So, with that happening, XFL is um, kind of a, like big news right now. And it just launched all eight of their teams. So, that's also what I'm going to be talking about here as well. And where is the all eight of the teams? Yeah, they named all eight of their teams. Uh, Dallas Renegades, the Houston Roughnecks, the LA Wildcats, New York Guardians, St. Louis Battlehawks, Seattle Dragons, uh, the DC Defenders, and my personal favorite, the Tampa Bay Vipers. And I really thought Tam uh, the, the St. Louis was going to begin uh, the St. Louis Vipers having uh, the affiliation of WWE and, uh, you know, St. Louis, uh, hometown of of Randy Orton being the St. Louis Vipers, but I guess not. It will be the Tampa Bay Vipers. So that's exciting news for itself. According to a source in WWE, though, the company is discussing to defend one of the NXT UK championship titles at Clash of Champions, whether that being maybe on the pre-show, most likely on the pre-show, or even on Clash of Champions main card. Wow. So excited for that. Not really. <laughs> According to another source in WWE, Baron Corbin, he was actually supposed to be named King of the Ring winner. 
But things could definitely change and probably will come down to Vince's opinion and his ongoing decisions for the winner of King of the Ring. We all know how WWE is. Things could change over time and, you know, if things want to change for those reasons, then maybe... uh, Baron Corbin will become the winner. I really hope to God that's not the case, even though that Baron Corbin got new attire uh, in his ring. I mean, he looks like a buffoon, whatever. But hopefully that won't be the case. Last thing here, and then I will go into my predictions for King of the Ring. According to Brad Shepard again, looks like FS1 will at some point will get some sort of WWE programming on there. Won't get NXT now, but... They will definitely get something, and that will probably be uh, the one, uh, the post game or like the post show uh, with Renee Young and Jerry the King Lawler. I'm just speculating. I'm just guessing at that last statement right there, but hopefully that will be the case for that. Now, I, w- I will give you my predictions, and I'm going to end it off with this podcast right here. Obviously, we had Cesaro versus Samoa Joe. I, if you guys want to believe me, I definitely had Samoa Joe winning this, um, and he did, in fact, win it. The next match, uh, it's going to be Ricochet and Drew McIntyre. I think it's going to be Drew McIntyre defeating Ricochet uh, and having uh, Ricochet versus uh, Samoa Joe. You go down the line of the bracket. And you had Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn. I had Cedric Alexander winning it because right now Sami Zayn is irrelevant. So, uh, obviously, Cedric Alexander. And you go down, you have The Miz and Baron Corbin. Obviously, I'm going to have Baron Corbin winning it after seeing that kind of report happening that that I just announced on here. So on the left side of the bracket, you will have uh, Samoa Joe versus Drew McIntyre. And uh, then down the line, you will have uh, Cedric Alexander versus Baron Corbin. I think it is going to be Cedric Alexander winning against Baron Corbin if hopefully this article wasn't true. Uh, So I have Cedric Alexander winning against Baron Corbin going into the final four. And I see that it's going to be Samoa Joe and Drew McIntyre. I have Drew McIntyre winning and having the full transition babyface for Samoa Joe. And so then the final four will be Cedric Alexander and Drew McIntyre. So that will be uh, the final four on the left side of the bracket. Now, Kevin Owens versus Elias. We all we all saw Elias winning. Uh, the, the, below them, it will be Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy. I am fully on Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy will be winning that. So uh, the, uh, we go down here. It's going to be Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. Uh, with Chad Gable uh, being uh, like made fun of by Shelton Benjamin. I think Shelton Benjamin is going to set his eyes on the 24-7 championship belt. So that will happen as well. So I have Chad Gable winning that type of match. And down there, you have uh, Apollo Crews and Andrade. Obviously, Andrade won. So you have then Elias versus Buddy Murphy. I think Buddy Murphy will win. And I think Buddy Murphy is going to be that uh, underdog in this sort of match. I have Buddy Murphy winning and going to the Final Four. 
You have Chad Gable and Andrade. I have Andrade winning that, no question about it. So on the right side, you will have Andrade Cien Almas versus Buddy Murphy in that Final Four. So, and on the other side, you will have Drew McIntyre and Cedric Alexander on the left side for the Final Four. I have Cedric Alexander winning against Drew McIntyre solely because a couple weeks ago, Cedric Alexander lost in a great match against Drew McIntyre, and I think that's when Cedric Alexander will get his uh, revenge on Drew McIntyre. Or it could go, it could easily go to either Drew McIntyre or Cedric Alexander, but that's my prediction. And on the right side, you will have Andrade versus Buddy Murphy. Now this, I really want Buddy Murphy to win, but I think Andrade is just that King of the Ring gimmick, and the King of the Ring stuff would go great for Andrade Cienama, so I have Andrade winning that. So obviously it has to be a heel versus babyface. So I have Andrade Cienamas versus Cedric Alexander with Andrade Cienamas winning the 2019 King of the Ring. Thank you all very much for joining me here on the PTP show, episode number 13. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at PC underscore Flamio 814 to get any news and updates on my podcast or if you just want to follow me i'm at 160 followers moving on moving on up guys moving on up and and hey if you like what you hear on my podcast please hit that subscribe button and if you want to, to subscribe me on either uh, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or spotify you can do so definitely and if you want to leave me a negative five-star review you can leave me a negative five-star review i will read any reviews and because it will make me better and i just want to hear your guys thoughts on how my podcast is thank you all very much for joining me again i will see you all next week on episode 14 of the ptp show pardon the pipe bomb i'll talk to you guys later